all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Meow. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. Do all of those things. I need to check in with our Discord. It's been a while. Okay. See if it still exists. <laughs> no, I definitely know <laughs> oh, it exists. Okay. <laughs> it's still there. Um, what sad generic things are we drinking today? Uh, I am drinking a very happy, sad national local beer. <laughs> happy, sad. <laughs> And I'm drinking, what did you get me? The Michelob Ultra Organic Sense Seltzer. Seltzer. Sensor. Organic Seltzer in mixed berry. Mm. So it's healthy. It's a health food. Yes. It's organic, <laughs> it's organic. seltzer with alcohol in it. <laughs> yes. How could that be bad for you? Um, we are recording this on Labor Day because mm-hmm. we work for you. Yes, we do. <laughs> we here for you. We here for you. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't work do all that much work because it's listener script time yes listener script time yes oh i wanted to say remember we were talking about closed captioning last week mm-hmm. um uh our uh listener and script contributor nicole <coughs> who went to alaska yes uh said that she worked part-time in closed captioning Oh, really? Transcribing for a while. Yeah. And she said, well, some are auto generated. Like, there are people who, like, type out. That's interesting. Yeah. Closed captioning, which makes me wonder why they're choosing to not say everything on Love Island. Maybe they're getting really <laughs> tired of, of typing out, um, like, uh, uh <laughs> not available. <laughs> Langu- yeah. Language not available, whatever that was. My favorite thing is. <laughs> Uh, it, it'll put like in brackets indistinguishable chatter. Yeah, yeah. which is all of Britain. <laughs> no, no, we don't want to isolate our lovely friends. <laughs> not at all. That's not true. That's they, not true. They speak the queen's, the king's English, the queen's English, the king's English. King's English. Well, there is a queen now. Does mm-hmm. it change depending on whether there's I'm, a king or a queen? I don't know. <laughs> Um, so we have a little, still have a nice little stash of listener scripts, uh, none of which, by the way, are air disasters. That's interesting. Isn't that wild? That's mm-hmm. the first time that's happened. Um, we have had people ask, like, do you have like a, a format of a script, like a, a template or whatever? And you know what? We don't. Not really. And that's because... We are cool with you writing in your voice the way you want mm-hmm. to. Like, you, and you know by now that we're going to go off and do our own, like, make our own little comments and stuff. But in terms of, like, does it have to, like, follow some sort of format? No. No. No, it, it doesn't. Um, 
a there there is sort of a sweet spot for length, but we don't expect anybody to have to, to like to be able to figure that out. Um, that's totally okay. So basically, if you're willing to do research, we are re- willing. We to are willing read to it. receive it. <laughs> yes. So it and doesn't. Use it. Yes, it doesn't have to follow any specific format or anything. And uh, so don't feel like like you have to make it sound a certain way. In fact. I prefer that it sounds like you, mm-hmm. whoever you are. You know, share share your voice with us too. And I, I think that's come out in every uh, listener so script we've, we've received. Is yeah, you, you can tell that person's personalities. Yeah, there. exactly. And that's I how like we want that. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, and then another thing to keep in mind is because everybody who contributes research is doing so completely free and like no nothing in return except for a thank you from us um please don't feel like you owe us anything you know like in terms of i actually want you to feel that way because <laughs> some people rachel gotten... speaking for herself <laughs> some people have gotten a, a little like concerned about oh like, they'll tell me that they're researching something, and then they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, it took me so long. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. it's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, you, do, you don't owe us. And even if you're like, hey, I'm researching this, and you never get around to it, like, mm, that's, that's okay. That's okay. It is all right. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't owe us anything. You don't owe us anything on a timeline. When we start giving out assignments, that's when you know. <laughs> right. Like, we've given up on doing research ourselves. And we're just fully <laughs> like, hey, it's either you guys or busts, or we're not doing anything. But we haven't gotten to that point yet. We have not. <laughs> so, um, so we're just behind whatever you want it to be, and hopefully, ideally, what it should be is something interesting to you that you want to do and that you feel comfortable like telling in a story you feel comfortable telling in your own voice right. so so whatever that looks like we are a-okay with you know just don't make anything up <laughs> that's our main thing don't you know use sources <laughs> like legit sources and stuff but everybody's done that so we have a nice little um cache of scripts featuring a lot of our um uh, listeners who have contributed multiple scripts we still we have a we have a script that i'm saving by Lee, because he has stated this is his final script for us. Okay. So that'll be for a special occasion. Uh, we have one from Leanne. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, one, another one from Nicole. Okay. Another fun Alaska one. Sp- uh, hint, hint. Uh, Aces. Another okay. Another one by Aces California. Um, and we have three by Steven. Wow. Okay. Yes, our New Zealand friend Steven. Which is why we're doing one of Steven's Christmas. Oh, today. so yes. this is one of four. <laughs> no, one of three. This this is Oh, three. this is okay. Three, so we're doing one of We have of two them. left. Yeah. Also, Steven has a niche. Steven very much enjoys nautical disasters, it appears. I think he does. Yes. Yes. So Probably has something to do with where he lives. Mm. <laughs> well, you know when you live on an island. <laughs> yeah. There's only one nation. There there was a time that there was literally only one way to get there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and also, uh, this this one kind of stood out to me because of the intriguing subtitle. Okay. So, this is the story of the Princess Ashika. Okay. And the subtitle is, Sometimes when you have no money, there are no good options. Yeah, we've all been there before, haven't we? <laughs> you, know, you know, I can't say, I can't say that I have. I'm... 
I'm a white person in America who has not experienced poverty. So I can't say that I've ever felt out of options because I literally have no money. Yeah, I, I wish I could say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> but, fair. But that's fair. Some people really I've, have experienced that. I've yeah. been completely on my ass before mm-hmm. with what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. So. That's hard. But that was that was also of my own doing. But still, I've. Yeah. You know, it sucks when you're there. And yeah. it's so yep. much better when you're not. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so. Uh, Stephen says, I've converted most currency to United States dollars here, as this makes comparisons easy. Uh, most non-Americans have a fairly good idea of how their currency stacks up against U.S. dollars. Now, isn't that, isn't that, doesn't that really say something about the United States that we can't figure out how to convert anything to anybody else's currency? So everybody else just had to adapt and learn how to convert Well, it's it's because we are the world's reserve currency. Well, that's why there. There is, that has something to do with it anyway. It, it is the 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 U.S. dollar mm-hmm. is definitely. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna say almost a gold standard, but no, we don't have a gold no, standard. That, so not we got really. we got rid of that <laughs> for the U.S. Thing, dollar. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's not ideal comparing money as life in Tonga, which is where this takes okay. place, is completely different from Western countries. It's also worth remembering that the church is a strong part of most Tongan people, and most churches in Tonga uh, tithe. So even though their wages are low, the church is often given 10% of a before tax wage. So that's something that I kind of thought that, and this is silly because no, of course not, but for a while I kind of didn't realize that not a lot of people understood the concept of tithe. I didn't until recently. Yeah. I didn't I don't think until I met you. Yeah, so I didn't know what it meant. Unless you're raised in certain versions of the church, um, and this is especially true in uh, evangelical Christianity because I don't know how it works for Catholics or I think it's 10%. Is it? I think so. It? Yeah. So anyway, which is not something I realized when I was growing up. But because mm-hmm. my parents didn't do that, mm-hmm. but uh, my parents always have, yeah, I did when I was going to church. Um, but yeah, the idea, and now sometimes people play around with take home pay versus versus ta- you know, gross income, <laughs> but at any rate, the idea is, and it comes from like some verse in the Bible about like giving God 10% of everything you have, and uh, I think pretty sure it's in the Old Testament and it's like so if you you know harvest this many crops 10% get sacrificed to God I did one time one time in my serving career Mm -hmm. receive the faux $10 bill with the why should I why should I give you 20% when I only give God 10% and I was just like okay it happened to me because like 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 that's it's it's kind of a it's on that level of being like an urban myth. And, yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. But it is real. Yeah. Like when you see those, like cause it did happen to me once. Like when you see people take a picture of that and put it on Facebook right. or Twitter. Uh-huh. Like somebody did that. <sighs> yeah. And the thing is, it's like if you want to proselytize and you want to like leave somebody a little tract or whatever, leave it with the tract. Right, yeah. I was like, <laughs> like give them actual cash I was like, and if then you would, leave the I was, I was like, I would have been fine with the 10% too. Mm-hmm. Like, you realize that, right? Right, <laughs> like anything other than this useless piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yes, and I, a friend of mine, well, Kelly, because Kelly listens, um, 
was like, I forget it. I think she knew about it, but she was like, "That's real. That people really no, do real. give." I, I got it, it when is. I I got it when I worked at Tiernanog, and I can say that because that place doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're talking about an Irish pub. Mm-hmm. There should well. Irish Catholic, whatever. Yeah, but, but yeah. for the most part, it was a drinking, live performance watering hole. Mm-hmm. So why there was this person hanging around Tiernanog? Oh, oh, like who left the tract? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a little weird to go into, like, largely a pub. Yeah. And then be like, yeah. stiff your server. Yeah. And leave them a tract. Yeah. That's very disappointing. No, I, I, I very much remember <laughs> whatever. I remember the details about it and everything. I'm like, oh, this, this is real. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, And then Stephen also mentions, I have shortened the Princess Ashika's name in various places to the princess. Fair enough. Main source, the final preliminary report by the Transport Accident Investigation Commission for the Royal Commission of Inquiry into the sinking of the MV Princess Ashika. Other sources are Britannica.com, Wikipedia, Stuff.co.nz. You know, that is actually Stuff New Zealand is a great uh, source? Res- a great source, yeah, oh, for okay. New Zealand-based stuff. Have to keep that in mind. Uh, ships that <laughs> this there's a, a okay, so this is an article in the Professional Skipper magazine called "Ships That Retire to the Pacific and Die." <laughs> quite a few of them. <laughs> it sounds like quite a, a article. The Fiji Sun, News Hub, and the Solomon Times. I almost said Newshub. Newshub. <laughs> News Hub. So the southern islands of Tonga have a semi-tropical climate, and the northernmost group of islands is truly tropical. Being in the South Pacific, the warmer season is between December and April, and cyclones can occur from October to April. So I've heard of Tonga. Have you heard of Tonga? I've heard of it, yes. But I I I don't know that I've even seen it on a map before. nothing about it. Yeah, so, okay, so South Pacific Islands. Um, And, yes, they're in the Southern Hemisphere, so our summer is their winter and vice versa, so... The Kingdom of Tonga is a constitutional monarchy with a one-house parliament. King King Tupo Tupou T U P O U Tupo Tupo I would say Tupou. Tupou. Yeah. We'll go with Tupou. Yeah. Uh, King Tupou's kingdom consists of 169 islands, and four of them are active volcanoes. That's a lot of islands. It sounds like a lot. But it depends on what their classification of an island is. Well, for volcanoes. Right. So those are probably bigger ones. But you've also been to the Thousand Islands. Mm-hmm. And it, right. It, Some it, islands it, are only as big as a house that's on it. Yes. Yeah, or a boat dock. Or, there are classifications for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's So it, it depends on how. But I'm saying you saw a bunch of small little islands. Yes. That's what this could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> As usual, only 36 of the islands are inhabited. Yeah, okay, yeah. The island chain covers an area 500 miles or 800 kilometers long. So they're kind of spread out quite a bit. That's kind of like the distance, let's see, between... Like, between here and Miami is like 700, so it's probably Miles, though, not kilometers. Yeah, no, no, 500 miles. What I'm saying is between 800 kilometers. Okay. Is... From here to Miami is about 700-ish, so if you cut a couple hundred, it'd be like, what, the length of Georgia and Florida? It'd be like from here to Jacksonville. (laughs) No, that's only like 350. (laughs) I know, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
You're just bringing that up because of all the places the Bills are playing, you decided to go to beautiful Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, it's right there. Our hotel is right on the river. It looks pretty nice, like the part of town we're going to be staying in. I am happy to hear from any listeners from Jacksonville who want to uh, defend their city. Or give me some ideas of uh, places to go. Well, there you go. You'd yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Cool places in Jacksonville. Okay. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure. <laughs> Prove me wrong, everybody. Tell us of the the wonders of Jacksonville outside of the paper mill. <laughs> such a Miami snob. I am such a snob. With a population around 105,700 people, wages are low and Tonga has no minimum wage. This, this is a good one to record on Labor Day, huh? Sure. And the average yearly salary is around 6,600 American dollars. I mm. sure hope the cost of living is massively lower. There are uh, There is a similar phenomenon that happens on uh, Native American reservations in the United States, but nobody knows about it. The, of there are there are wages. places where the minimum wage doesn't apply because there's not there, a mo- well, there's sovereign territories too right but it's mostly because there's not enough wage to go around uh, to like make nobody a, has the money for mm-hmm. it that's rough uh, to give you an idea of the cost oh okay here we go again to give you an idea of the cost of living a fast food combo at McDonald's will cost eight American dollars to buy a coffee will cost about two dollars twenty five cents that's not massively different than here in is the he states. saying is yeah. he saying here mm-hmm. okay no no, no. Oh, he's okay. saying in, in, tonga? in tonga okay but if people are only making sixty six hundred dollars a year that's the difference, that's the, difference. Yeah. Yeah. the main exports are vegetables fruits and nuts while there are just over a hundred thousand people in tonga uh, to help their families, a lot of Tongans live and work in New Zealand. The number of people identifying themselves as part of the Tongan ethnic group in the 2018 New Zealand census is over 82,000 people. Wow. Mm. So if people are living and working in New Zealand, there's 82,000 people who identify as Tongan, and then 100,000 are... Like, there's almost as many people who are Tongan in New Zealand mm-hmm. as in Tonga. Uh, it is not uncommon for Tongan New Zealanders to send money back to the islands to sure. support their extended family. That sure sounds familiar. Yes. That happens here in the States a lot to people who are able to immigrate mm-hmm. um, to the States and then send back money to their their family back in, in their home country. Um, yeah. You may find yourself asking why so many people were taking a trip on such an obviously unsafe ferry. Okay, so here we go. The um, it, Princess Ashika is a fairy, and apparently, well, I mean, <laughs> unsafe. Yeah, we can kind of guess that that could happen given uh, given the fact this is a disaster podcast. But this is due to the high cost of flying in a low wage economy. No kidding. If you're in this island chain nation and you need to get anywhere outside of these islands, it's cheaper to take a ferry. Yeah. Yeah. A flight from Nukualofa to Haafeva currently costs $106. The same trip on a ferry is only $28. So, yeah. So, if the average, what did he say the average wage was yearly? Like 6600 6600 So, just for simple math, let's say it's 6000 12 mm-hmm. months in the year, people are pulling in $500, $500 a, a month. month. And so $106 so, is like 20% of one month's wages. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to $28. Yeah. yeah. Hell of a lot less. 
When you only earn $127 a week, flying becomes a luxury you just can't afford. Yeah. So their daily wage would be like $17 or $18 a well, day. Well, it's $127 a week, so it's closer to like $28 Oh, okay. I was doing that math wrong. So obviously they're not going to buy McDonald's right. meal because yeah. that would literally be like a third of what their day's wage was. Yeah, imagine if, yeah, imagine if like... Four hours of work is what you're spending on your lunch. Like mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. that's not tenable. No. Yeah. That's 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 a luxury. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So now we're going to talk about the MV Olive Maru number one. The MV Olive Maru number one was a small roll-on roll-off ferry. That's that's cars, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe so. That was built in 1972. She was built for the sheltered water of the Inland Sea of Japan and was never intended for the mid-Pacific Ocean waters. Mm. She was just 50 meters long, about half the length of an American or European football field, and 13.21 meters wide, almost the length of an average city bus. Ooh, that is small. That's, yeah, that, mm. Yeah. I think we can see where this is going. And and it's only meant to be in like certain types of waters, not the middle of the ocean. Right. With a carrying capacity of 690 tons, she was capable of carrying eight buses, four cars, that's not many vehicles, and 700 passengers and only needed 15 crew. She spent her first 13 years sailing the inland sea of Japan on trips of under three hours. Unlike all the ferry disasters covered by all bad things, the bow and stern doors used to load cars and other vehicles weren't designed to be watertight. Mm. They did cut down the amount of water that would be shipped in the heavy weather, but it was never considered part of their function. And this is because she was designed to sail on trips of under three hours on smooth water. I was going to say, and close to the shore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just not meant to be in yeah, any sort of... It's not meant of... to be out in the ocean. Uh, no, <laughs> no. So basically, my guess is that when she was like sailing off of Japan, I, we, I think if we, it was choppy seas, they weren't we, going to go out. We know where this is going mm-hmm. already. Because she was never meant to sail on open water, her ability to shed water shipped on the vehicle deck was also limited, so no pumps and stuff. The Olive Maru was built with seven watertight bulkheads and had, oh, three electrically driven pumps. As an island topper, she didn't meet the minimum bow height, uh uh-oh, of 2.4 meters, or just under 7 feet, to sail internationally. The Olive Maru was 1 meter, or 3 feet lower than international regulations allowed. That's like a third of the required height. But uh, I believe in freedom. (laughs) We don't need regulations. You know, I mean, regulations would have stopped this boat from going into the middle of the ocean and killing everybody on it. We don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Olive Maru number one had five decks. The lowest deck housed the engine room, crew accommodation, ballast tanks, and a few empty spaces. I don't think anybody's surviving on this. Like, it's I, I, not I sounding can, good. Can, it's not sounding good. I hope somebody does, but... Well, also, this isn't even the Ashika. This isn't even oh, our main Jesus. disaster. Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. Oh. The, I don't think unless they change her name. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Or maybe this is just a precursor. Let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's listen in. Yeah. <laughs> um... All seven watertight bulkheads were on this deck, on the lowest deck. The next deck up was the wagon or cargo deck. 
The cargo deck overhung the lowest deck by 1.1 meters, or about three feet on each side. Next, oh, I, okay, so I don't 100% get the logic of making your ship, like, get wider the taller up it is. I mean, it's not massively so. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't, there's an I overhang couldn't, or something? I couldn't I tell know. you the engineering behind it. I'm yeah. sure it's for a reason, though. Well, well, well maybe, uh, yes, maybe yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about the 70s here, right? So next deck up was the erection decks, which were two partial decks on either side of the cargo deck. Also a great name. Erection deck just looks like erection dick. I'm sorry. I'm sure. just going to be a child. Well, it's because you're already reading erection. <laughs> so your mind is True. already going there. <laughs> she also had a promenade deck with two passenger lounges and a covered outer deck and bridge deck. She spent the first part of her life sailing the sheltered waters between Bisan Seto and Takamasu in Japan. Bisan Seto. I, I hope I'm pronouncing these right. This is a trip of 13 kilometers or roughly 8 miles. Okay. So this is a, a, a ferry that's meant to go 8, eight miles, miles in these like calm waters. Yeah. Close to shore. Yes. So if something does happen, <laughs> you're not fucking... You know, you swim to shore. Right. Yeah, you're not stranded out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. A bridge has now been built, making the ferry trip redundant. So it was like, hey, you can just drive. Why why drive onto this ship then to sail? Just drive over the bridge. Being such a small and insignificant vessel, there is nothing on the internet about her history until she was bought by the Northwest Shipping Company in 1985. It was renamed the Mm. MV Princess Ashika. After the mm-hmm. owner's newly born baby daughter. Oh, great. I'm sure she's thrilled. And I'm sure the first thing he did when he bought it was like, I need to bring this thing up to code. Probably, <laughs> right? Because that's what every capitalist thinks. See, I need to make sure this is safe for everybody. Yes. When you're rich and you acquire something new, like some form of capital, your first thought is, you know what? I need to be responsible <laughs> and I need to make sure that I am like insuring for no reason other than I'm a good person yeah. and don't want anyone to get hurt. I need to like come on, tighten it up and make sure everything's safe because that's how capitalism works. Yay, capitalism. <laughs> All right. Well, there were problems with the princess from the moment she arrived in Fiji. On March 13th, 1985, I was three months old. That's not not what Stephen said. (laughs) The Fiji Marine Board (coughs) wrote to the Northwest Shipping Line expressing concerns like this is Im- immediately after i, I can we see like i can concerns. see like i can see like the guy that bought like putting that in air quotes like there are concerns quote concerns end quote yes please don't fire me about the princess ashika's suitability for operating in fiji they wrote that quote the vessel uh oh they they wrote that quote the vessel being closed to stop water coming over the bow at the sides and through the sliding doors. Uh, end quote. They also said there should be larger one-way drains fitted to help clear trapped water on the vehicle deck. And there is no sign that this was ever done. But still, the Fiji Marine Board allowed the princess to operate anyway. Of course, yeah. So even they were like, hey, <laughs> I especially love how it's like, 
you know, you should probably stop it no, from it's like, being waterlogged. Essentially what they're saying is, you know, this thing isn't going to work for what we need to use it for, but let's use it anyway. Yay, let's just proceed. <laughs> we're recommending. Like, they already, they, they already know, like. <laughs> they're forcing exactly uh, what's going to happen. Oh, God. After. Can I get a, a, a yay or a nay? <laughs> oh, it's all yays? Oh, su- <laughs> yeah. Surprising. Oh, the one nay? Oh, you're fired. Jeez. After the 1987 coup in Fiji. Oh, even more fun. Yeah. Things got difficult for Fijian Indians. So in 1988, the ship was sold to Patterson Brothers Shipping Company. Oh, I thought the next thing you were going to say was the United States sent in a fucking guerrilla <laughs> army of maniacs. And oh. It would be pretty interesting if at Sorry, Fiji. No Sorry, Fiji. You're too far away, and you don't have enough minerals. It, otherwise, we yes. would have. Otherwise, we would have been there with a maniac guerrilla army. If if it turns out that the U.S. is involved in military action during this script, I would not be surprised. No, at any point in history from the 1940s, there's just no. You shouldn't be surprised. That's the last thing you should feel. We're oh oh. By the way, everybody, we have a vacancy, so we're looking. Oh, we've already found one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where are we up to next? Uh, probably uh, Najir. Oh, good. That that'll end well. Yeah. Just like everything else has. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there was a plan drawn up for it probably thirty years ago. <laughs> dusting off right now. Jeez. <sighs> so Patterson <laughs> Brothers Shipping Company. This company was not known for its great safety record. Yeah. Even better. And by 1997, Princess Ishika was showing her age. <coughs> Holes needed to be patched in various places. <laughs> so already, a ship that takes on water even, yeah. has holes in it. A year later, more holes needed to be repaired. As she got older, the repairs came became more extensive, and the engine needed to be rebuilt. On August 23rd, 2003, the Ovala... Ovalau, Ovalau, yep, uh, which is a fairy three years older and a little larger than the princess, sank in the calm and good weather with no loss of life. There, there's Thank that. God. There's the okay. bright side. An inquiry found that the engine room had flooded and the ship owners hadn't taken any action, even though there were signs of hull weakness. The princess Ashika was on hand to rescue the crew and passengers. Oh my God. After the Ovalau sank, the princess was surveyed every six months. Almost every report showed more and more problems. So here's my my problem with this. If it's getting evaluated like every six months, <laughs> yeah, but right. nothing it's is like, being done, what's, what's the, the point? Exactly. Well, the point like, is just for the, the appearance of safety. That's, that's what the point is. I mean, the record for the eventual lawsuits, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, they were checking. You're right. <laughs> and then did nothing. They didn't find anything. <laughs> or when they did, they didn't do anything about it. But yeah. they were that they saw it. You know, it. there's more holes, but <laughs> you know, is so, that really it's a like, problem? Like say he wrote it down right here. There's more holes. Yep. Jeez. In two thousand six it was noted that the problems from the last survey hadn't been fixed. Despite more faults being found, the princess continued in service. By 2009, the safety certificate expired, and on June 9th, the ship was deleted from the Fiji shipping registry. I don't like the sound of that. (laughs) So, I have a problem with that. 
I get, you know, so so they didn't um, they didn't keep up their proper certifications. But instead of just being like, okay, well, you're not officially registered. You're, with you're us decommissioned. Anymore, it should they should like they should uh, repo <laughs> yeah. the vessel. Oh, no, you're deleted. Right? No, we're just gonna pretend you don't exist anymore. Yeah. Not that you're not operating. We're just gonna pretend you yeah. don't. On Tuesday, it's, it's, it's like your mother like scratching out the the faces of your ex girlfriends on a negative. <laughs> You're gonna get in trouble with her again. <laughs> She's deleted. <laughs> She's never existed. <laughs> the hilarious thing is that you were the one that had to point that out to me. I did. <laughs> really funny <laughs> oh we love you sue <laughs> and that's that's not a joke we do we love you very much all right on tuesday the 11th of august the fijian government deregistered the princess ashika because they considered it to not be seaworthy the shipping company had no further use for the aging ship so they retired it Okay, now this is sounding promising, but <laughs> this is all bad things, so that's not how yeah, it's going. Yeah, the promise is only going to last Mm-mm. for so long. In 2008, the Kingdom of Tonga had concerns about the reliability of the ferry Olavaha. She had suffered from fuel contamination problems. I didn't know fuel could be contaminated. I mean, I guess just with anything other than fuel. But And there had been a fire in the engine room. Okay, that's concerning. That is concerning. Just a wee bit. They had already had a new ship being built in Japan, but they needed something to keep the service running until the replacement ship arrived. Oh, God, I don't like where this is going. This vessel was being given to the Tongan people by the Japanese. Now, that might seem very altruistic, but a more cynical person might point out... (laughs) Yeah. That Japan, See where this is going, too. (laughs) That Japan's reputation was taking quite a beating in the Pacific at the time due to its harvesting of whales for, quote, Scientific research. Mm. Apparently, dolphins too. Yeah. Apparently, the scientific research had nothing to do with the fact that the whale meat was being sold back in Japan for human consumption. The managing director. We had a. I I mean, to say about that, we did quite a bit of whaling here in the United States too, but it had been outlawed by this point. Oh yeah, across the board. You know. um <clears throat> What's really interesting, I follow uh, some um, uh, Inuit creators on TikTok, mm-hmm. and they talk about, like, whaling, and, and it's not even whaling, because it's not done on any large scale, right? But, like, the significance of whale meat to oh, the sure. Inuit people. If you're going to take down a whale... <laughs> right with like a, with a bunch of spears <clears throat> right you've earned it like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shit on you for that right. and like that's pretty fucking impressive actually right but if you're doing it like like in a, a mechanical farm version where or you're for, for fucking perfume yeah just like for, blubber for perfume just for nonsense oil. it's ridiculous that, that's that's another thing but like uh the, this one creator she she showed how they eat beluga mm-hmm. and like how they prepare it and everything and like a bunch of fucking clueless white people were like you shouldn't that's that's bad for the invite for the whales and you shouldn't do that it's like okay okay you're 
hey, shut up, white people. Reset your brain for a fucking second. (laughs) Like, I'm a a vegan too, but here's the thing. I'm not Inuit. I'm not an indigenous person. I don't have to depend on whales. Well, not only that, but (laughs) there's a whole... There's a fucking convenience store around the corner. And there's a whole belief system surrounding (laughs) it. That is not and I'm sure the hunt, consumption based. And I'm yeah. sure the hunt and the kill is probably also something spiritual. Right? There's like a connection to and it. And like I said, if you could do that with spears, by all means. Well, and they're not overdoing it. No. Like that's what happened to the they whale need, population. They need one, so they'll kill one. Right. And it'll last, and that'll them last a very for long time. Six months or whatever. <laughs> yes. Especially how they preserve Same the Same thing with the Native Americans in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. What happened is the capitalists are the ones yeah. who came in and did all the shit that gives all that like a, a bad reputation when there are sustainable ways to do it. So anyway, yeah, that's um But apparently Japan was not doing it in a sustainable way at all. The managing director of the shipping corporation of Polynesia was shown to, was shown the princess, and he decided that she was suitable for the job for this little fill in until they got the the new ferry from uh, Japan. Is that the one that has the the holes in it? It has more <laughs> holes in it every month. We that check it. Everyone thought was a bad idea to keep in. That'll condition. do. Yeah, let's That'll do, do that. Uh, so the managing director had no experience in ship surveying, and no independent surveyors had examined the ship at all before it arrived in Tonga. It's hard to know exactly how much due diligence was done. I think pretty sure the answer I'm is none. Fucking zero. Less than zero. Uh, after the disaster, emails were deleted and different stories were told by the people involved. That is what we call a cover-up. Mm-hmm. The Tongans needed a ferry, and it was a cheap stopgap measure. And what ha- bad has ever happened from a cheap stopgap measure? I ask you. I can't think of anything. Tonga had spent just under 300,000 American dollars to buy a ship that Fijians felt were only fit for scrap, or was only fit for scrap. The seller's only comment was, quote, what you see is what you get. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm, I keep thinking of the, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where they buy the boat. It's like, that's... Oh, jeez. It's like, this is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> She was models so... won't want to come on it. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not fancy. It's literally functional, but only in a this isn't even but functional. only in a certain way. <laughs> yes, it can go fifty feet out from the dock and then right? come back, and that's it. That's all the river you get. She was sold quote as is, where is end quote, and had a scrap value of I was gonna say, a where third is, of was the probably final like price. beached up on the shore. Yeah. And like that one. Like, yeah, that that'll do. While this sounds really bad to us wealthy Westerners, fair point, it is not uncommon for countries with less money and isolated island communities. Uh, yeah. That is a fair point. You gotta fucking make do with what you got. Yeah. There is a law of unintended consequences, and upgrading the estimated 1,800 ships servicing small Pacific islands may mean travel and goods will become unaffordable to the locals who rely on these services. That is a good point. That is a good point. It's a choice of running these unsafe rust buckets or having no service at all. There is an attitude of repair and improvise, and the ships are often run overloaded. These boats are sailing in the open waters of the Pacific, and storms can develop quickly with little or no warning. The trip delivering the princess started off badly. The starboard anchor cable failed before she had even left the harbor, and the anchor was lost. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> oh, boy. 
She sailed from Suva empty with a crew of 13. Water, so with just thir- just a crew of 13 on board, water had to be bailed from the engine bay using buckets on the first day out. On the second day, the sea stove in the bow ramp, uh, oh, sorry, the sea stove in the bow ramp? I don't know what that means. Maybe it's a nautical thing. And she had to return to Fiji for repairs. So she couldn't even get out. The doors were repaired and strengthened. And the gap at the base of the ramp was filled with concrete to make them watertight. Strengthened doors mean they put like two extra screws. (coughs) No, duct tape. Oh, yeah, that's true too. She departed. It's it's better now. (laughs) Yes. She departed again on June 29th, 2009 and arrived in Tonga four days later. The same day the princess arrived in Tonga, surveyors checked her out. They were not impressed. (laughs) They reported rust holes, and they noted that the cargo ramp doors didn't seal. They also noticed that even when empty, even when empty, the boat floated below the load line. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's horrible. So the boat itself was too heavy to be on the water. Yes, it was just clearly not seaworthy, like not even close. They were also unhappy with the safety equipment, so equipment was transferred from the Olavaha, including a diesel-driven bilge pump. She was given a provi- <laughs> so then she was given a provisional certificate of survey with a list of, <laughs> yes, with a list of repairs that needed to be made, including one saying that the stern and bow ramps be made watertight. But the ship had sailed on her first trip before she had been cleared by the marine and ports surveyors. Un- like, like, compared to all the other shit they saw, this was probably like a median. They're like, they're like this is a 50-50. You know there's something to be said for that. When, like, there's a laundry list of concerning <laughs> yeah. items, the things, like, kind of lower down yeah. on the list, more minor, it's like feel more it's minor. It's like they've, they've inspected boats that literally only half the boat was left, and there was maybe a piece of the engine, and they're right? like, well, are we going to pass this or not? Like, <laughs> Jeez. A new hole was found on this trip. Nice. And it was patched up after the return journey. I like to think I've never been on a vessel that was patched up, but I don't (laughs) know for sure. I don't know how it works. Well, you haven't been on too many boats, have you? No, not really. A cruise ship once and a couple smaller boats. I've been on a couple boats where, like, the the engine had to be patched up, but we're not in the middle of the fucking ocean. Like, it's the... Right, you're on a river or whatever, yeah. Yeah, open water is not a place to play. Especially the middle of open water. Yeah. So... Yeah, two different times I've been on a boat that hit a... The propeller hit a rock and it's like, okay. (laughs) What are we going to do now? Yikes. What (laughs) did you do? Filed it down just to make sure it would... Still run? Mm-hmm. Still propel? Still propel, kind of. <laughs> but if you hadn't been able to do that, you still could have gotten We would have flagged right? somebody yeah. down. Like, it's not, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Again, like, we're not Very in the middle of the fucking... In, yeah. Or is this the Indian Ocean or Pacific, Pacific. Ocean? Pacific. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the South Pacific. All right. As the Princess Ashika was heading home, the concrete used to seal the bow door was removed, even though the owners had promised to keep the doors sealed. This was done to make loading and unloading easier and faster. Where have we heard that before? Mm. Easier and faster, causing a problem. At 4.30 p.m., it's like that, uh, what is it, the, the Venn diagram, or like, you can have it done cheap and fast, 
or you're gonna or have it done fast right. and expensive or expensive <sighs> and whatever. But like you can't have it done all of those things no. at once. Yeah, you, it can't you, be cheap, it's fast. Literally and, a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At four thirty, it's a trade off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At four thirty p.m. on the fifth of August, two thousand nine. Sorry, Stephen. I've been I've been messing up Stephen's dates by just saying it the American way, like August. 5th, no, 2009. But anyway, the Princess Ashika began her fifth and final voyage in Tonkin, Tongan waters. I think we saw this coming. With 32 crew and 96 passengers. On the previous trip, the fuel transfer pump had failed, so a submersible pump was being jerry-rigged and pressed into service. You do not want something to be jerry-rigged uh, on transportation. <laughs> on all... Like... Yeah, we fi- we fixed your car. We jerry-rigged it. It's okay. You'll you'll be fine driving the highway home. It's good. And on all four previous trips, the princess had sprung more leaks that had been repaired after each run. Because of- re- repaired meaning duct tape. Mm, probably. probably. I mean, because of Tonkin Tonkin etiquette. The women and children went inside to sleep and talk while the men stayed outside in the weather. For some unexplained reason, the princess radioed that she only carried 45 passengers, 27 crew when she left the port. So just a reminder, there was 32 crew, 96 passengers. So they underreported the passengers by more than half. So, four hours into the trip, shock... Water started entering the ship through the bow doors. Water was found in the crew's accommodation. Seven people used buckets to bail it out. After working for two hours, it was obvious that the bailing wasn't keeping up. I can't imagine how. You know. This is just not going to end well. mm -mm. This is going to end horribly. After working for two hours. Oh, sorry. I already read that. The pump in the motor room was being used to help pump the water, but it was not, it was not keeping up. The most powerful pump was not being used because it required turning off all the power and diverting it to the pump. You know what? In this instance, I would say that's, that's fine. That's what you gotta do. Crew members continued to use buckets <clears throat> to bail. To make matters worse, because we need to do that, right? The Princess Ashika had been modified and a door had been cut into a watertight bulkhead. One of the pumps had a hose running through the door, making that bulkhead useless. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure a bulkhead is filled with air to keep Mm -hmm. a ship afloat, right? So two of them are just useless because of what they've modified, how they've modified them. The crew tried to start another pump, but they couldn't find the correct hoses. It took time to adapt other hoses, and when they had finished, the diesel generator needed the power to the needed to power the pump wouldn't start. <sighs> at eleven fifty p p.m. Ooh, that's not good. That this is at night. Mm-mm. At eleven fifty p.m., the port and in the middle of winter too. This is August. The port engine stopped. Water in the engine room had reached the generators, so the pumps stopped as well. Five minutes later, a Mayday call was sent out. Finally. Like, that needed to happen so much longer It needed to happen as soon as they were taking on water. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. The Princess Ashika capsized one minute later. Jesus. 
The announcement to put on life jackets had just been given, but there had been no time for the passengers to react. There was no chance for the women and children trapped inside to escape, and not a single one survived. Hmm. Four of the self-inflating life rafts failed to work the way they were designed, but that shouldn't be surprising to anybody now. That's right. Six life rafts did inflate, but one had been holed, so it was cut free. The five remaining rafts were lashed together, and the majority of the survivors were able to swim to safety. The people on these rafts were rescued two and a half hours later. Wow. Mm. Can you imagine just being on the water? And especially if you were traveling in a family group, you're like... It, it's Where all the, the men who are able to escape. And you're like, where's my wife and kids? All survivors were rescued by 6.30 a.m. the next morning. The passengers were given so little warning, not a single one had managed to put on a life jacket. 28 crew members. That's almost the whole crew, just four. And 26 passengers were rescued. That means seven didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Seven D didn't make it. <clears throat> 72 people were accounted for, but 128 people had been on board. It was not realized until later that the tally of passengers and crew was wrong, and the disaster was much worse than first thought. They had found 54 people, but the boat had more people on board than expected. In the end, it made a little difference as only two bodies were recovered by search and rescue. 74 people were lost and only two bodies ever recovered. The Princess Ashika had been in service for less than a month in Tongan waters. It didn't take long for people to start shifting blame. The captain had survived, so there was a handy scapegoat standing by. Emails and documents went missing or were altered, but even so, some people were held accountable. Well, almost. So John Janess, the head of the shipping corporation of Polynesia, was sentenced to five years for manslaughter, sending an unworthy, unseaworthy ship to sea, forgery, and dealing with a forged document. His conviction was later overturned. Maka Tuputupu, the ship's captain, ended up with four years, but was only expected to serve six months. Vilimi Tupulotu, a director of the Ministry of Transport, was handed a three-year suspended sentence. So, so far, like, nobody's serving hardly any time. The first mate, Samisi Pomale, was sentenced for five years, but it was reduced to 18 months. All sentences were appealed and reduced later, and as far as I can found out, no one served even a whole year before being wow. released. I feel, too, like this started so much before, so far before, there are plenty of other people who could have been held responsible. Oh, yeah. By that, I mean by actual responsibility, mm-hmm. not, you know, that it would have been easy necessarily. But a government accident investigation was held, but this investigation was not meant to hold people accountable, just to report on the cause of the accident. The design of the MV Princess Ashika was totally unsuitable for service in open seas around Tonga, even if she had been in good condition. Which she wasn't, which we know. (laughs) The princess was a good design and was built to be easy to maintain, but she was totally unsuitable for the job she was expected to do. The princess was clearly unseaworthy and unsafe, and due diligence was not performed. After the sinking, Captain Maka Tuputupu blamed the sinking on rusted loading ramps that allowed water onto the vehicle deck, but they were never designed to be watertight, as we learned. The waves were only three feet high. 
The owner of a boat moored alongside the princess reported later that she was low in the water even though she was mm. empty. Oh. He also noticed that the water was being constantly pumped out of the ship even while she was being tied up. He also saw someone bash what? Bash a right hole. <clears throat> bash a hole right through the hull while the princess was being checked for rust. Maybe they were like Probably tapping, a check, yeah, and then just oh, Ooh. yeah, okay. just went right through. Okay, well that didn't that, that didn't, didn't pass. Mm-hmm. Mm. In 2010, the Japanese government, using a 1.67 billion yen grant, handed over a new ferry, the Atuanga Ofa, that is still in service today. The Tongan government created a new company to operate it. <laughs> They're like, we're just going to make it completely different from this other ferry that ended horribly. It is easy for people from wealthy countries to look at this disaster and shake their heads and place blame. Tonka is not a wealthy country. It hasn't got a huge tourism industry to bring money in to help their economy. Its main export is its people, who go overseas and do the low-paying jobs that Westerners don't want to do. Despite the importance of humility in Tongan society, the Tongans are a proud people and asking for money is not a part of their nature. The Princess Ashika was a bad choice, but there weren't many options for a country that needed a ferry quickly, and she was only ever intended to be a stopgap measure anyway. Buying secondhand ferries is a lot different to buying a secondhand car. Your choices are limited, and not all ships are built to suit the conditions. Tonga needed a small vessel that was capable of operating in open water, and that is not easy to find. And they didn't find Mm-mm. one. <laughs> right? Because even, even the Ashika, like, nope, that wasn't it. Buying a brand new ship was never an option. It is worth remembering the ferry used today was donated by the Japanese and is 11 years old today. The Tongans did look at another ship being sold in Fiji, and they decided that the Princess Ashika was a better option. It makes you wonder how bad the other option was. Yeah. And that was the story of the Princess Ashika, or sometimes when you have no money, there are no good options. That's that. Well done, Stephen, first of all. Yes. Of course. Um, but that is like, I appreciate that Stephen mentioned that because that's true. Well, put it in context. Yes, it, it is put into context. And just that, that we have such a disparity of resources mm-hmm. in the world globally, let alone within countries. I mean, we have that here in the United States. Lots of that. Uh, the absolute gap in resources. It's the it's literally the worst. It's even worse than it was at like the turn of the going into the 20th century. Yeah. Like, that's how. The wealth gap. Mm-hmm. Bad things are now. Like we're right back yeah. to we're right back to the Gilded Age. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. And and coronavirus really made that oh, clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So so but, I, the, but still, mm-hmm. our disp- our wealth disparity is nothing compared to what's going on here. Well, it, well, I'll tell you. And it seems like the thing is because at least we do have. It's not that great anymore. We do have like institutions, infrastructure. We do have infrastructure. We do have institutions. We do have um, regulating bodies that don't always work, but they rarely fail that badly. Mm-hmm. They definitely fail. Yes, they do. <laughs> that badly, not usually. 
So, you know, and it's true when, when your option, when your back's against the wall and your options are limited, like what else are you going to do? And just the horrible thing is that over 70 people, mostly women and children, Mm -hmm. died because of it Mm -hmm. and no one was held responsible. Nope. Because in a way, who was to be held responsible? Capitalism? A whole lot of people. Well, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it was done to cut corners. That's true. It, it's, you know? it sounds like it was Which just... Which is what we're used to. Right. It, it sounds like it was done just because that's the way it was done. Right. Yeah, it, which is... It uh, doesn't sound nefarious, actually. Yeah. Which is a different... Uh, that's a different mindset all on its own. It is. It is. So, it's... Sometimes those are the worst tragedies because there's not, like, somebody to point your finger at. Yeah. So much. It's the whole system that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Not an a person, an individual, you know. So, so thanks, Stephen. That was yes, a bummer. Yes, thank you very much. That <laughs> no, was... it is a bummer, but that's a. It was a. It was. A, I had never heard of it. No, great story. <sighs> yeah. Well, and terrible we could, story. And we but... could, well, yes, in that. But we could all like as soon as the story opened up, we could all okay like. See where like, this we is know going. where this is going. I'm happy that there were survivors. I was not expecting. Right? I'm not, I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the middle of the night, like when this thing capsized. I so. mean, I'm sure massively traumatized survivors, many of yeah. whom lost loved ones and like children. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. But but they survived the incident in itself. Yeah. So which I somehow was, which I did not think anybody was going to. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you look for your silver lining. Yeah, anywhere, that's that's huh? it. So, when it's pe- not good, people survive. People did survive. Yeah. Mm. So that was the Princess Ashika, or sometimes when you have no money, there are no good options. I think we all <laughs> that that lesson was bored through <laughs> very yes clearly <laughs> yes in this episode, and that was from Stephen. Yes, from Thank Stephen. You, Stephen. Yes. And this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week.